0: he doesn't run that often we actually met while we were running a marathon and he never did one ever again which i think is hysterical because i'm like hmm, is that a compliment or an insult like i don't want to do that again look what happened last time
1: disruns radio episode 669 starts in 3 2 2019, unless you're listening to this way in the future, in which case, welcome to I don't know 2020, 2021, whatever it is. But uh, as this episode gets released, yesterday was New Year's Day, and we are in a new year, uh, hopefully with new goals, taking your running to new heights. And uh, if there's anything I can do to help you along the way, um, I'd be be happy to do so. So if you're looking at maybe getting a coach for a specific race, or if you really want to kind of build long term with a, with a coach, you know, over over time. Um that's uh that's a big part of what I do for a living and uh would be uh an honor to uh to work with you. I got a few a few spots available, at least as of this recording. So uh, if you want to check out more information, uh, disruns.com slash coaching is the page on the website with all of that, that information, the different levels of coaching that I have, Uh, all the price points are there. So, you know, I'm not trying to be sneaky and make you make you ask me uh, a bunch of questions to get a a, a price for you. It's all right there. It's upfront. It's, it's no, no no no, nothing hiding. um, Other than maybe some, some secret, uh, some surprises in there, but no, no fine print, no, uh, no gotchas in the, in the, in the messaging anywhere. So all that information, information is there about the coterie one-to-one uh coaching uh training plan a coaching consult if you just want to jump on the phone for 20 or 30 minutes kind of help you uh get some clarity on your goals whatever the case might be all that information is there Dizruns.com slash coaching and then uh, from there you can follow the links to the various pages sign up Whatever, whatever floats your boat. And, of course, if you do have questions, please let me know. I'm happy to answer those questions for you, not try to talk you into buying something. Just answer your questions and let you decide if you want to work with me or not. Uh, and if you want to talk to some of the, uh, the athletes that I do work with, uh, just go ahead and search a uh, hashtag on Twitter or Instagram um, for the Diz Runners. So D-I-Z-R-U-N-N-E-R-S is the hashtag. Uh, a lot of my athletes post with that, that hashtag, you can reach out to them. And if you're in the Facebook group, you can of course leave a, leave a comment in there or or ask a question. there will be more than a few people that'll probably jump up and and answer your questions. So, um, and, and all of their responses are all, that's all on them. You know, it's, I'm not trying to pressure them into saying nice things about me I'm just asking them to be honest. So, uh, I know that they will do that to answer any questions you have. So if you want to, Want to invest in yourself in twenty? 20- oh, I forgot how's that for marketing gimmick speak? No, no, I'm not. Sorry, I don't. I take that back, and I know I could edit it out, but I'm not going to. Uh, if you would like some help with your running this year, uh, to whether it's chasing down that that BQ or that new PR or just getting through a training cycle without injury, whatever the case might be, let me know. We can talk about it, see if it sounds like a good fit for both of us because a good coaching relationship is a good relationship. It's a partnership between myself and the athletes I work with and not everybody works well together. So let's, let's find out if we work well together, um, before we start working together. And uh, if it seems like, uh, we're aligned enough then, uh, and, and you want to do it, then let's take the plunge. But com slash coaching is a place to start that conversation, um, And if you have any questions, just let me know. All right. So now without any further ado, after the longest intro of the year so far, (laughs) see what I did there? Uh, Let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, one other thing, guys, before we dive in, I just want to let you know, in case you've got uh, some kids in the car or something like that, while you are listening to this episode, uh, it's a little, a little more colorful language than, than used to nothing excessive, nothing, nothing ridiculous by any stretch. But uh, there's definitely a few four-letter words, a couple of F-bombs, things like that. So just be aware. Uh, if you're not using your headphones on this one, it might be a good episode to uh, to make sure that those that are in earshot uh, are able to hear uh, a little bit of, of uh, saltiness, as it were. So anyway, consider yourself warned. Uh, and now, here we go with today's episode. Hey, guys. My uh, guest today is a woman that uh, not only rocks as a runner, but uh, also she rocks as a mom, an author, a speaker, And a CEO. Uh, And to date, she's uh, completed something north of of 70 marathons, uh, a couple of ultras, a handful of Ironman triathlons, and uh, who knows, you kind of lost count of how many other races of of various disciplines (laughs) uh, and distances along the way as well. So needless to say, we will have no shortage of things to talk about today. Uh, So we're going to just go ahead and and dive in and and introduce Miss Liz Farrow to the show. Uh, Thanks for joining us today, Liz. Really appreciate it.
0: Hi, Denny. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, certainly. The, The pleasure is mine. And uh guys as as we go through, if you feel the uh the, the desire, which I'm I'm anticipating you will, to uh connect more with Liz and find out what she's got going on. Uh, girlswithsoul.org is the website and that's soul S-O-L-E like the soul of your shoe girlswithsoul.org and uh, pretty much on on all things social you can connect with her as well Uh, girlswithsoul again S-O-L-E is is the handle at girlswithsoul on on all the places Uh, and as per usual we'll have everything linked up in the show notes if you uh, are out on the go can't connect right now and want to reference back disruns.com slash 669 is the link that'll take you to the show notes and uh, you can connect with Liz there and, and we'll have everything that we talk about today linked up there as well so disruns.com slash 669 so liz now that we got all of the uh the housekeeping tasks out of the way we can we can get into the good stuff and uh the way i like to start off these these conversations is with a very simple and uh straightforward question that for some for some runners it's a pretty easy question to answer and for others it's it's kind of a a complicated one because there, there are a lot of good choices out there but that's just to simply ask what is your favorite distance to race and why
0: Oh, my goodness. Um, I think I have to be one of those runners who it was a difficult one for me. Um, But I'm going to go with marathon distance, not because I'm exceptional at it by any stretch of the imagination, (laughs) but more from the um, aspect of just loving the uh, um, I don't I don't want to say I love the pain or anything like that. But I do love the um, accomplishment that comes along with it and just having to push through when it gets tough. Cause it really feels for me anyway, like the race doesn't start till about mile 21, 22. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably my favorite distance just from the whole, like, I don't know, it kicks your ass, but you feel mm. really good about it when you're done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, uh, quite, quite the challenge for a lot of folks and, and, uh, I'm there with you. I think that the marathon is probably my favorite distance as well, though. You've got, uh, quite a few more, uh, marathon finishes under your belt that, than I do. Um, which, uh, we can, we can get into some of those races as we go, of course, but, uh, you know, kind of looking looking back in, uh, in time a bit, how did you get started in, into the sport of running to, to get down this path where, you know, 70 marathons, like I said, ultras, Ironmans, the whole nine yards, how did you get started in the, uh, endurance world?
0: Um, well, I think my dad actually, which is really interesting. The fact that my dad would be the person who got me interested in running because he was not by any stretch, like somebody who looked like, this was back in the 70s when Mm -hmm. they started, they actually coined the phrase jogging. (laughs) Like it was an actual, like, this is like a thing, like, oh my God, this is a thing that we can do. It's called jogging. And my dad would go to the high school track, which to me now as a runner, I look back and I think how hilarious it was. We only lived maybe a mile away from the high school, but he would drive to Mm -hmm. the track, (laughs) which I think is so because if I'm going to go do like repeats or stairs and whatever at the at our high school track I would run there but mm-hmm. anyway um he just started going to the track and try this new jogging thing out and I would I just thought it would be fun to go with him and I was a kid that had a lot of energy and it was usually misplaced energy if um, it wasn't you know, uh, burned out in a, in a positive way first. So he would let me come with them and I would run around while he was running. And it became this thing where every time I would go with them, I would try to do a, you know, more than I did last time. How many laps did you do last time? You did four. That's a mile. Let's try for five, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It was just one of those things where I, I really liked that idea of pushing myself to see how far I could go. And I think that's how, um, it became sort of, I don't want to say an obsession, but it became my way of just dealing with a lot of stuff that I had going on in, in my life that I wasn't able to tell people about. Mm-hmm. So um, getting through through mileage and and sort of like med- self-medicating through mileage, I guess you could say it's almost like a medicine, mm-hmm. um, became how I I loved seeing how far I could go. And I was a swimmer my whole life. I swam in college, swam all through high school, grade school, um, and when I started in the adult world, just getting in the pool for fun, um, I'd always told my parents that I wanted to do an Ironman someday, and I think that sort of pushed me over the edge, too, with with the endurance thing, um, wanting to achieve that goal, so... Mm -hmm. And I said I would only do one, and I ended up doing five. So you know how that goes. Oh yeah, <laughs> famous famous
1: last words. I'll never do this again, or I'm only going to do this once, and pretty soon the next thing you know, uh, it's it's a regular part of the lifestyle. Um, we, so you, you swam competitively. Did you did you run competitively in high school as well, like uh, track team or anything like that, or was running just kind of your own your own thing?
2: No,
0: I ran a high school track. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wasn't able to do it in eighth grade because I went to a Catholic school in eighth grade. I didn't have one, but in high school I was a 400 runner. I also did high jump when I was in the relay and they would put me in the mile and the two mile because I was the only one who liked distance. Um, yeah, I loved it. I, I love to run. I'm just one of those people that I look like the village idiot escaped again, you know, and she's out there loose, uh, terrorizing the town folk because I'm always like laughing and talking to people and <laughs> I always have that one person who will be at a marathon and I'm running along and let's say we're at mile five or six and I'm talking and laughing <laughs> and whatever. And there will be that one guy or some woman they'll run by and be like, I'd like to see how you're going to be at, you know, mile 24. And my friends will be like, oh, she'll still be talking, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I don't know. I, I've always loved it. Even in high school, I always thought it was fun. And I remember the lacrosse players would be practicing on the other side of the fence from the track and Mm -hmm. we'd be running around the track and they would just be like, you guys are idiots. Like, why do you, (laughs) why do you enjoy that? That's like our punishment when we don't win, we have to run. Mm -hmm. They're like, you know, they always just thought we were so weird. And I would always be like, it's great. It's just so freeing and fun. I guess if you don't get it, you don't get it, but that's not my problem.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and I, I, um, would would say that it would be accurate to, to class me as somebody who was on the other side of the fence from you. And, when I was in high school, like I didn't understand running at all. I thought it was the, the craziest thing when I, you know, buddies that tried to talk me into joining them on the track team. And so you, you guys are like every other sport that we play, you complain about the running. Like that's the worst part of practice. That's the worst part of the sport. And now you're try, like you're trying to convince me to come, participate in a sport that's nothing but running so uh, exactly you know obviously it's a, it's a to each their own situation where, where i uh maybe grew grew into the sport um and something that, that you've obviously never grown out of as um i am assuming kind of just from from hearing what you've said the, the the first few minutes here that that once you kind of got started with with your dad in those early days you pretty much never really stopped as as a runner is that accurate
0: yeah, it's definitely accurate. I just, it just was that thing that fed me, you know, in so many different ways. Obviously, mm-hmm. while I was doing it, but also in my life, I could use it. Um, and I didn't want it, I didn't want to lose that feeling, so I stayed with it my whole life. Gotcha. I, I just love it so much. If I can't do it, I, I, I pity my family. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I'll get if I have a, a few days for, for whatever reason. Um, except for maybe coming out of a race, I'm pretty, I, I can stay level headed for, you know, at least for a few oh, days of yeah. recovery, but, um, outside of that, like after, if I don't run for a few days, my wife is just like, just go, just, you know, right. get outside. I'll, I'll hold down the fort for, for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever you need, but just go and come back a normal person. So I can relate to that for sure.
0: Well, the part that might be more difficult for you to relate to though, is the two kids that I've had they were the only times that I wasn't able to run and man was that tough coming back from like starting at ground zero that's not a fun thing to have like a certain fitness level or an ability and then all of a sudden you know if you for good reason Mm -hmm. you have to take the time off but then you're starting brand new and it's like oh it's the worst to build it back up but it comes back pretty quick too so and they're worth it those little booger butts (laughs)
1: Yes, indeed. Well, yes, mine indeed. aren't
0: so little anymore, but they're still booger butts. <laughs> oh,
1: always, always will be. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, since since you brought that up, I, I would love to, to dive into that a little bit, uh, at least at least just for a second and see where where it goes. But um, you know, I, I I've talked to to lots of runners, whether it's it's online, whether it's in person, where you know for whatever reason, whether it is for for pregnancy and and, and having a baby, or whether it's for. Um, injury recovery or just, you know, life kind of got a little bit crazy for a while and running fell fell off. And, you know, eight months later, like, oh yeah, I'm ready to get back into it or a year and a half or whatever it is. Uh, and that starting from, from square one uh, thing is, is definitely, I, I, I mean, tough, frustrating. You, you remember when you could run, you know, for, for five miles, pretty easy. And now it's a struggle to go for a mile. Um, When you, when you went through that with, with the birth of both of your kids, um, how difficult, I mean, you said it was, it was tough, but it came back fairly quickly, but, but how was it? Was it demoralizing? Was it, was it something where you're just like, yeah, I kind of knew this was going to happen and just kind of part of the process or like, how did you handle that, that getting back up to speed, if you will, after the birth of your kids?
0: I think mostly I just had to remind myself that I'm an athlete and that it's going to come back eventually. And it was for good reason that I luckily, you know, it wasn't an injury or something mm. like that or an illness. It was um, the kids. But right. I think it was just really frustrating. But I would just tell myself that it's going to come back um, quickly because I was in good shape before. Um it's just, it's just not a fun feeling. It is a little demoralizing. I won't, I don't like to admit that, mm-hmm. but it, it was, and it was frustrating. And, um, I don't know. I, I, guess you just, you think about the fact that you've been an athlete your whole life, and you've put all this time and effort in, and um, to have something just take it all away is kind of a really great test of resilience. And that's what I'm always talking about with the kids that I work with in Girls of Soul, and just in my own life. So I think that for me helped a lot, that I've been through harder things than a tough run. Mm-hmm. So um, I just know that if you put the work in and little bit, you know, one step at a time, literally, it'll all come back and it did. So I don't know, I, and then just not to beat yourself up over it, you know? I mean, it's so easy to do. And again, it's not the end of the world and I'm certainly not a pro, so <laughs> this is supposed to be fun and and good in my life, not something to add to stress. So I always keep that in mind too. (laughs) I think that sometimes as runners, we forget, you know, that this is fun and we're actually paying money to do these races. Mm -hmm. We don't get paid to do these races. Um, and if you lose sight of that, I think, you know, it really takes all of the fun and the the positive aspects of it out. And that's just silly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. This is definitely something we're supposed to be uh, doing, doing, because we enjoy it. Um, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I'm always waiting to be proved wrong, but I don't think at this point that anybody that listens to the show literally makes their living because of their, their race day results. So uh, right. <laughs> it, uh, unless, unless that's how you put bread on the table, like, yeah, this is something that needs to be fun. And, and, you know, it, it's, it always something that's, that's good to remember for sure.
0: It's a good reminder too, that you get to do it. You don't have to do it. You know, it's right. like, I can do this and I sh- I should feel really happy about it. And I think sometimes when you have the those setbacks, whether it's pregnancy or illness or injury or whatever, it's almost like the universe is telling you to to be grateful for all the times that you are able to run. And I'll I'll remember that on the days that I don't feel like going and it's a pain in the butt just to get myself out the door you know
1: <laughs> yeah it becomes that extra little boost to get you out there and then it, I, i'm sure that you're the same way but i know for me it's like you know once i get out there and go get going like i'm always glad a that i went and b then i start to kick myself because why did it take me 25 minutes to get out the door when i could have been out you know and, and got an extra mile or two in if i would have just gotten moving from from the beginning instead of trying to talk myself out of it for so long
0: hell yeah i live in <laughs> up north so sometimes when it's cold Take, I procrastinate. Mm-hmm. I will do anything to procrastinate going out. But once I'm out there, it's totally great. Yeah, it's I, exactly the
1: same. Yep, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, kind of, of, you know, with, with the running and, and all of the, the marathons and whatnot that you, that you've done, um, I, I get the, the, and and the other things too, the, the Ironmans and, and, and the ultras and, and all that good stuff. Um, and, and tying, tying into what you said earlier about, you know, Competitive swimming and and running in high school, things like that. Um, I I get the sense that that competitive nature of 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 athletic competition, whether it's you versus uh, a team, you versus somebody else, you versus just yourself, is is a big driver. Is that uh, you you got that competitive itch and and still going strong at at this point?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I try to say that I don't, but I do. (laughs) My husband, we've even. I mean, this was a long time ago. Cause my daughter's almost 18 now, but she was in a stroller uh, uh, and he br- still brings it up. She was in a jogging stroller and he doesn't run that often. We actually met while we were running a marathon and he never did one ever again, mm-hmm. which I think is hysterical <laughs> because I'm like, hmm, is that a compliment or an insult? Like, <laughs> I don't want to do that again. Look what happened last time. That, uh, I don't want that mistake to happen twice. Um, but So he doesn't run with me very often, but I I told him, oh, you know, let's just do this race just for fun. It's a five miler, no biggie, whatever. And um, he said he would push the stroller and there were some pretty big hills on the race course and all this stuff. And I said I would run with him. The gun went off and I totally <laughs> took off like a bad out and never looked back. And he's like, Liz, you're hilarious. I'm like, I don't know what came over me. <laughs> but I had an awesome race, but I left him in the dust and he had to push the stroller. Oh, my gosh. He never will let me live that one down. So to answer your question, I say I'm not competitive, but I totally am. And it pushes me to sig- keep signing up for races and not just against other people, definitely myself and mm-hmm. also hitting, um, maybe milestones like that right now, like I ran a marathon in all 50 States for girls of soul. So that was one that I had in my brain, but now I want to do all the continents and I did the great wall of China and I'm going to be going to, um, South Africa in July. So I'm going to start, you know, hitting those. And so now I'm like, okay, if I'm at 70, maybe I could do 100. So I'm like, I I don't know. I I push myself because it's fun and I'm competitive. So at this point in the game where you're not maybe winning races, I'll Mm -hmm. win age groups and things like that. But or sometimes I'll be like second or third overall, but not like where I was when I was in my 20s. Um, That's that's a good way for a competitive person to. To still um, satisfy that itch, so to speak, because you know i 'm pushing myself and mm-hmm. seeing what I can do, what my body will still allow me to do, my brain is there, my body 's not <laughs> always there
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's that's a uh, something that I, I would I would love to to hear kind of a, a little bit more about as well that that dialing into um, or, or the contrast sometimes between what you what you think you can do or what you what you want to do and what your your body is telling you can do um, because I, I know. Um, that sometimes that competitive thing, which, which I have this too, and I certainly some of the, the runners that I work with, the athletes I work with kind of, uh, have struggled with this at various points along the way as well, where, you know, we, we are a lot of us are, are, are goal driven and we want to run faster or run farther or whatever, whatever that thing is that we're chasing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes the body is kind of trying to say like whoa you know slow down there big guy uh you know we're not we're not quite ready we're not quite recovered yet or we're not quite as well trained as we should be or or whatever it is uh and and we can get too focused on on the goal and you know well screw it i'm going to do it anyway like what's the worst that can happen and that's when you end up injured or burned out or whatever the case might be so how how do you you know over the over the years i mean 70 marathons now maybe maybe possibly eyeballing a hundred, you know, and like you said, seven continents and, and all of these different things that you've done, how, how have you been able to balance the, the, the mind and the body to to keep going without going too far? Or is that a lesson you've maybe learned the hard way along the way as well?
0: Um, well, I think a lot, of, in a lot of ways, I'm not like your typical runner. I'm just not a typical person in general <laughs> in, if I, in any regard. Um, but I think that, you know, I, I find it sad when I talk to people and they say, that they don't race anymore. And I'm like, why not? And they're like, because if I can't win, I'm not going to do it. Mm. And to me, that's like, oh my God, I mean, you really, you're not going to do it anymore just because you're not going to win. So I think that's part of how I battle it is I'm not doing it to win. Like, I'm not going to, I have to, you have to be honest with yourself. I mean, there's going to be a point in time when you can't PR anymore Mm -hmm. and that's okay. I mean, I'm out there like I'll do a marathon in all 50 states or whatever, and after a while, you're like, okay, you could either be totally burned out and all the marathons seem the same or my times aren't any faster or whatever, but that's not why I'm doing it, you know? You have to remember the reasons why you're doing it and what's great about running and all the positive things that it does for your brain, not just, you know, oh, you know, bragging rights for times and stuff, because eventually we're all going to age and you're not going to get any faster. It's just a fact of life. But that that should not be something that holds people back. And I find that so sad. So to me, it's like, you know, there's there was a time even I was laughing. I I think I even wrote about it in the new book. But when I was at this one race in Indiana, it was a marathon and i had never been stopped by a train during the course of the race. So I think that's really interesting to have like a freight train, just go through the middle of the race course and, and literally hold everybody up Mm -hmm. who didn't make it, you know, before it came. And people were like, there were some people that were like walking back and forth and just fuming they're Mm -hmm. pissed off and swearing and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, you're not going to win. If you're back here, (laughs) you're not fucking winning. So just, embrace each race course for what it is. It's just, it's totally a metaphor for life. I know it sounds cheesy, but just accept what it is. Have some fun with it. Know that you're not winning and winning is just the accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, people will be like, do you win these things? And I'm like, no, (laughs)
2: like,
0: why do you do it? And I'm like, I, I can't even explain it. If you don't, Mm -hmm. if you think that winning it is the only answer, then they're not going to get it. So I think that's how I do it from that. I I don't burn out because I'm not out there to get better and faster every time. I'm going to be 50 in March. And um, I look at my mom, who is 92 and at the end stages of her life right now. um, And I just think, you know, wow, I'm not going to be on my deathbed thinking I wish I would have. You know, ran more and not cared so much about what people thought about me or Mm -hmm. I wish this or I wish that I just would never want any of those thoughts to come to my head. And I think you appreciate the fact that you can do it. Um, will keep you going I don't know It maybe the competitive nature gets in the way for too many people and mm-hmm. I don't run with a watch I don't run with a Garmin I, I'm a weirdo like that <laughs> people are like how, my bro, it drives my brother insane he's like how do you not run with a watch I'm like I don't care what my time is he's like how do you not care <laughs> it makes him insane insane uh,
1: yeah that's <laughs> so, that's one of those that i would that i would struggle i would struggle to not have the watch but yeah if it helps keep it from getting too comp- competitive competitive like you said gives it if, if that's the right perspective for you then that's that's ultimately what matters the most
0: yeah and i don't want something beeping at me and telling me i'm too slow or too fast <laughs> or too this or too that or oh it didn't go on or it didn't it went off or my Garmin whatever mm. i don't know fuck that i just <laughs> run with how my body feels and, and and have fun. I don't know. Every course is you got to admit every race to a degree, I mean how much how, you know what's going to be different about it. Mm-hmm. But there's something different and special about every single one and it's if you're so focused on just the time and how fast you're going and just I don't know, those people who, you know, you smile at them and they can't even smile back or <laughs> I don't know. I I just I, I can't I can't run like that that's just not me. I can't run my life like that either mm. and i guess i I run both the same
1: well you i mean you got you gotta be true to you no matter what you're what you're doing so yeah having having that uh little bit of of being able to relax and not uh, being so uptight about everything is probably probably a good thing. Whether you, again, whether we're talking about running or or life or or whatever else in between that that might uh, might blur those lines. But uh, you mentioned there, yeah, is not oh, running
0: supposed to make you more relaxed?
1: I mean, I would think so. I would think so. Um,
0: I don't know. I'm just saying. It. Yeah, right, right. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, it's kind of funny if you think about it. It's not supposed to make you uptight supposed to help you feel better, but anyways, right. And that, that,
1: you know I mean? But that, that goes back perfectly to what you said a a few minutes ago about, you know, you're not a professional, like you're doing this for fun. And, and yeah, if you're going to be that uptight that, um, you know, I can, I can see being frustrated in the moment that like, if you're on on course for on pace for a PR or, or something like that, and a train, you know, gets in the way, like, I would be a little bit upset, but at the end of the day, like that's a hell of a story that not a whole lot of runners are going to be able to tell to, to top as far as you know yeah, I was running a race, and i was on 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 part of bq or on part to, to set a new p r or whatever it was, and uh yeah, guess what happened? No, I didn't hit the wall no i didn't i didn't uh you know have have g i issues and have to have to waddle to the to the porta potty. no, a damn train came across the course, and that's why you know like like what a what a story you know turn turn lemons into lemonade, I guess in that situation
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> so, anyway, um, you, you mentioned, and I, I definitely want to want to shift gears in just a second. But, but one uh, one last thing that that came up uh, that that you said there when you were doing the the fifty states is, is having you know having something to kind of continue to push you and a reason for doing it. Um, I definitely uh, am in the in the early stages. I think I'm at at eight or nine states at the moment, and kind of kind of slowly but surely starting to try to chip away a little bit more consistently at, at getting to fifty for myself as well. But what was what was your reason for for wanting to do the the fifty state challenge at, here in the uh, the U.S.
0: Um, Well, I was thinking about all the different um, ways I could bring uh, awareness to Girls with Soul um, as an organization and what we do for the girls. And a lot of the things that I try to teach them has to do with um, perseverance and having a positive outlook and all of that in terms of resilience and bouncing back. So a lot of the kids that I work with are not... I I would say that, you know, if they're in residential treatment and things like that, they're really not coming from um, a place of having fitness and wellness in their life at all. It's not even remotely on their radar. So the things that I do with them um, are really difficult. They're extremely challenging for them, even though to, you know, any other kid maybe that plays a high school sport or has grown up in rec sports it would be no big deal. But for these kids, it's it's a big deal. The things I ask of them are scary for them and challenging. So I kept thinking, I need to challenge myself in a really big way that's going to help raise some funds and some awareness, but also show the girls by example, instead of just talking at them about it, you know, that these things are doable. And um, so I thought, well, I'm going to run a marathon in all 50 states. And for a while there, because a lot of them, it was funny, I was 45 when I said I was going to do it, and I told my husband, and I was giving myself five years to complete it, wow. and he was like, okay, five years, that's doable. He was thinking from a financial standpoint, not a physical <laughs> <Right>. one, <laughs> um, because Girls of Soul didn't pay for any of it. I, we paid mm-hmm. for it, so he was like, okay, that sounds good but then this goes back to the competitive wackadoodle person that I am. Um, I started doing it and I was so focused on completing it and I got so into it and the girls were really proud of the races and what I was doing. And they would see me, you know, like if it was, there was a news clip that was done, um, things like that. Um, I did it in two and a half years.
2: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs>
0: so I was doing them like back to back days and back to back weekends. And there were times where I was like, oh, my God, I felt like I was literally hit by the freight train, not just waiting for it <laughs> to pass by. Um, and it If I like to answer your question in terms of motivating me, I mean, if I didn't have girls with soul as that, Mm -hmm. you know, thing in the back of my head and carrying it literally in my heart with me everywhere I go, I don't, I don't know if I could have done it two and a half years, all 50 States, not financially, but physically was, was really challenging, but, um, I was really proud of it and the girls were proud of it. And I think, you know, leading by example is super important. So that's why I did it.
1: Gotcha. That's uh, definitely a little bit more uh, of a um, substantial reason and and a a serious motivator than just my, uh, you know, I just want to travel around and it's a good excuse to see parts of the country that I've never been to before, I guess.
0: (laughs) That's a good reason too. I actually (laughs) really like that aspect of it. To be honest with you, I mean, you know, it forced me to go to places I would have never gone to Mm. before. So you got to love that part of it too. Even if it was just a little, you know, college town or something, it didn't have to be anything exciting. I just, I think it's cool to see new places, but yeah, I think the the deeper um, meaning was for me what what kept pushing me from five years to two and a half years. (laughs) (laughs) My husband's like, we're still paying for that Hawaii trip. Well, the whole family came with me to Hawaii, but you know, it's funny when Mom went to like Nebraska. No offense, Nebraska, but (laughs) nobody wanted to go. You know, like like, uh, Iowa. How come no one came with Mom Mm. when she went to Iowa? But Hawaii, everyone was on board. Oh yeah, everybody <laughs> wants
1: to go to to the uh, to the, uh, uh, the the tropical places. I guess is. Uh, oh,
0: of course.
1: You know, whatever the case might <laughs> be, um, but uh, so so you know, growth with Soul was was a big uh, a driver for you uh, to to keep going, obviously, and, and it continues to be a big part of your life. I mean, it's it's your organization, your CEO. Uh, tell us a bit more about what you've got going on there, because it's something that. Um, I don't know that I've, I've heard a whole lot about, um, until, you know, kind of starting to prepare and get ready a little bit for, for our chat today. And, and I'd love to share what you're doing with, uh, with, with everybody listening as well.
0: Sure. Um, well, Girls with Soul initially just started, it sort of spawned organically from my own personal life. So I was in foster care when I was little, um, four foster homes. I moved around cause there was some abuse and trauma in all four homes, so when I was adopted, I already came into my family with some issues, um, but they were, like I said, my dad, I think really in a way he sort of created Girls of Soul because he saw that I needed to burn some negative energy in a positive way. And then I had some athletic ability and he was all about uh, focusing on people's strengths. So um, he, he was the one really that would like put me in swimming and like every sport under the sun. Did, I've done all of them. And, um, and when I started growing up and feeling a little bit better and all that good stuff, um, I was actually, from like eight to nine, my next door neighbor was sexually abusing me. And my mom found out about it, but she told me that we weren't allowed to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, because if my dad found out, she said my dad would kill him and then my dad would go to jail and it would be my fault that I that my dad was in jail. So she literally walked out of my room that day that she told me this and never talked about it again. So clearly, there's going to be a, a, a myriad of issues going on in a nine-year-old's mind and and soul. And um, anger was a big part of it. And putting, um, I don't know, maybe just like I said, those really negative feelings about yourself and your body and your abilities and your worth and your trust in people and just all of the above in really negative places is the normal coping mechanisms. And so the girls, I started Girls with Soul as an adult because literally the swimming and biking and running and all the stuff that I had done my whole life. And it was the only thing that would just hold me back by the scruff, you know, mm-hmm. like just every time when I was going to go over the edge and I, I went a little bit over the edge a, a few times in, in my 20s, especially. But it was that competitiveness and the feeling of um, empowerment and just feeling good about what my body could do um, and that my mind was starting to get strong. And I started to see that correlation between the emotional strength and the physical strength. And I was like, holy shit, I'm on to something. And this is not rocket science by any stretch, and I certainly did not invent it. But as an adult, I started to think like, why am I not putting these things together because they're not being done? I. I was researching, and there was no organizations that that were doing it. There's one that's maybe the closest, and it's Girls on the Run, which mm-hmm. is an am- amazing national organization. I think it's actually international, um, where they you know teach running to girls to empower them, and they do activities and things like that. But my organization um, really narrows in on girls who have experienced abuse of any kind or who are at risk. So what we do is we provide fitness and wellness activities. And then also um, we work on the um, self-esteem and self-awareness that's really imperative. So it's mind, body and soul fitness. And that's where the play on words with the soul comes in. Mm -hmm. And um, I I team up with residential treatment centers, high schools, middle schools, and I bring the programs directly to the girls where they are So a lot of these girls are either in foster care or, like I said, residential, and they're not going to have the access to programs or fitness of any kind. So that's what we do. We, we run, literally run the gamut with the fitness aspect of it. I love running, clearly, um, but I don't feel that if it makes everybody's soul sing the way it makes mine. So if I want to empower somebody, I want them to Find what, you know, really lights them up. So we provide everything that I, I feel like I want them to discover something that they wouldn't have known before. So you you name it, we play it. Um football, basketball, yoga. I do a pound workout with them. I'll bring in a girl who um teaches pound. I don't know if you've ever no. heard of it, but it's it's based on rock music and it's um done with drumsticks. Hmm. And it it just, it's awesome. I mean, just think about, you know, being able to literally pound out your frustration and it's loud, but it's also a really good workout and it's just fun. I mean, you get to uh, drum the floor, drum the air, drum all kinds of stuff. I have to make sure that they don't hit each other, but (laughs) so far we've been pretty good with that. I don't know. So just stuff like that where they're like, I didn't even know this was a thing, you know, like I didn't realize sweating was actually, you know, Something that goes beyond just messing up my hair or making me stink or whatever. You know, it's like there's something really magical about it when the when their perspective shifts on how they feel inside once they start getting stronger and moving their bodies. So that's what Girls of Soul really is about. I mean, these kids have been through. There's no comparing journeys. You're not supposed to do that, but Mm. you know. If I was in a circle with half the girls that I um, work with and we all threw our experiences in the middle, I would take mine back in a heartbeat. So to see someone who's on suicide watch or who's cutting or mm-hmm. who has some major issues, you know, with dependency on drugs or alcohol or um, eating disorders, to see them change and have counselors who have been working with them tell me that they can't believe Girls with Soul has reached these kids. It's like, like mm-hmm. I don't, you know. That's that's why I'm doing it. That's what it's about. I was put on this planet to do this, for mm. sure.
1: Mm. That's that's awesome. Is it, is Girls with Soul uh, local, regional, national? Or, you know, if if people are, you know, obviously we got people all around the the country and world listening to this. Are are is it things that they can help get involved with in their area as well?
0: Uh well, I'm hoping we're nine years in, so we're still relatively mm. um, grassroots. Um, you know, c- in comparative to oh, other yeah. organizations. Right. But um, right now we're just um, local. I I serve three counties here in the Cleveland area. And actually one of my girls, um, she's so awesome. She goes to Michigan um, University and she's starting a Girls of Soul Club on campus.
2: Awesome.
0: So that's pretty exciting stuff and just so cool if you think about like Just the ripple effect and the legacy Mm -hmm. that, you know, is being formed, but it's a slow process and clearly, you know, it it always boils down to finances or being able to do what you want to do. So right now we're local, Um, but the goal is eventually to be national. I mean, so many girls need it, unfortunately. (laughs) So, yeah.
1: Well, and, and one of the things that you've got uh, going on to, to help kind of spread spread the message a little bit more to you know kind of start uh, planting some of those seeds maybe and, and reaching some folks uh, and girls, women, uh, boys, men, who, whoever might need it uh, is is the new book uh, "Girls with Soul: a, a Girl Power Guide to Unleashing Your Inner Superhero." Um, which is which is really, uh, a really a fun book uh, I, I have to say it's it's uh um, you know I don't think I'm quite the target demo for the book, but it, it doesn't mean that the book didn't make me think a little bit and and uh, you know gr- lots of great pointers through there as well so um, what's uh you know we'll kind of start uh, start broad and maybe narrow things down a little bit over the next uh, you know ten minutes or so before we wrap things up but um, you know, what's, what's, uh, what's the overview of the book? Somebody, you know, hearing this right now, uh, maybe, uh, you know, as this, as this episode comes out, it's, it's just after, after Christmas, just after the new year, um, you know, maybe some, some gift cards, some, uh, you know, some money to burn, looking, looking to, to get a new book to read. Um, what, what's the book all about and, and who's it for and all that good stuff?
0: Uh, I think it's uh it's geared towards, you know, young women and, um, and above, you know, no, nobody probably younger than, 15, 16, mm-hmm. something like that, because, you know, <laughs> I tend to swear a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> that's just me. That's, mm-hmm. You know, you got to gotta love yourself. And um, that's the whole idea of the book is self-awareness, self-acceptance. Um, it's really based on um, some of the principles that we hone in on, on Girls With Soul and some of the things that I talk about when I do public speaking. And every time I do um, an, uh, a speaking engagement, I'm always asked by the adults, you know, why can't you do Women with Soul? Why can't, where have you been all my life? I wish I had you when I was a kid. You know, I've, he- I've heard it all. And so that sort of made me decide, well, I'll just do a workbook because then I can, in a way, you know, reach people who I wouldn't be able to reach because I'm still a local organization. So it um, it's really about um, the principles of, of rocking your own world. And rock stands for resilience, optimism, courage, and killing stereotypes. And those are all things that, um, you know, you got to focus on to be an amazing badass Mm -hmm. in sports or just in your life. So that's what the book really hones in on and different ways to, to do that, to really look at your core beliefs and, um, realize, you know, what are your values? Where do they stem from? Are they coming from how you were raised or are they truly your own? And then building upon that to do all of those four things. Um, that's what it's about.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, what was the uh, the motivation or the the rationale behind making it kind of a workbook style where, where, you know, like the end of, end of each chapter, pretty much there's a, there's, you know, kind of, you know, uh, various, various prompts or various uh, things to, to write about the, the lines are right there, all that good stuff. Um, a, a lot of books, you know, that I've kind of read in the past, you know, they might have those questions, but very few of them have the space in the book to actually mark up and, and leave your notes and, and write affirmations and, and write things that you're afraid of and all the different things that you have in the various chapters. What was, what was the, uh, the motivation to make it that style of a book?
2: Um,
0: I think because I was mirroring, mirroring the programs that I do with the girls that have been mm-hmm. so successful and the things that um, make them truly reflect on how they feel and well, what's going to improve their lives. So, you know, unless you actually, you know, you could think something in your head, that's one thing, but to actually say it out loud and to write it down um, is a whole nother thing mm-hmm. to brings it to a level of actually manifesting. So. Um, that sort of motivated me to do it. And then also a lot of women have asked me, you know, what I do with the kids because they don't really understand what Girls of Soul is. They think it's a running club mm. and it's so not a running club. So um, I was like, I'm going to put this together in a workbook format because I think it's a really cool thing even in today's, you know, world when everything's digital and, you know, obviously people want apps and things mm-hmm. that nobody writes anymore. I mean, writing is like dying, but that, I don't, I, I feel like there's something missing. That's not, you know, a book that you hold in your hand and your thoughts and your beliefs. And then you get to see what you wrote at that point in time in your life. And it's something really, um, um, impactful Mm -hmm. that you can't get through an app. Um, so that's why I decided to do it. I think it's just a really cool thing to, to have as your own personal, um, treasury of your feelings, your thoughts and moving forward and seeing where you, you know, you're going to gauge your life and how you can improve it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, Definitely, like I said, it's, 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 I love how it's laid out. It's real easy to kind of, it's, it's an easy read, but it's something that, uh, if, if you're willing to stop and think a little bit, uh, there's, there's plenty of time for, for self reflection and, and contemplation. And then, you know, obviously going through and filling some stuff out and getting, getting a little bit real, maybe getting a little bit vulnerable, um, and, and, you know, hopefully setting yourself up to really, uh, benefit from, um, from taking that, that good hard look at yourself and, and again, whether, whether you're, whether you're in that target demographic, the, the late teenage, uh, years or, or, you know, wherever you are along the spectrum, it's, it's a, it's a great book. Well, very well done. Liz. is what, I guess what I'm trying to say in, in a, a Aww, short version. Thank
0: there. you. It's kind of like the old school diaries that girls had when they were kids. Um, mm-hmm. but for an adult,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Not not that I have any, any uh, vast experience with old school diaries, but uh, I, I get where you're going with it for sure.
0: Um but, but it you know the running aspect, and there's a lot of running stories and just you know things like that too, if people are really into reading other people's funny stories on from from the road, <laughs> mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. there's
0: a few of those in there too, like the Great Wall of China and some of the things from the fifty states and all that. And I think, you know what, to be honest with you, the chapter I'm most proud of is the one that's called Voice of Souls. And those are all the stories that were written by the girls themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think those are really inspiring. Um, you know, you're not asking anybody to to write anything out of those in terms of an exercise at the end. But I think it's really cool to be able to see if these girls can get through some of the things that they've been through that, you know, we have a hard mile at, at mile 22 during mm-hmm. a marathon, you can tell yourself, you know what, I can do this.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, and and one thing that uh, I really jumped out to me from from very early in the book, but when you when you mentioned the the stories from from the girls that have written towards the end, there it kind of brings it back together. Um, Where in the beginning of the book, um, literally like on, on page two, it says, uh, "We want the world to see us as a Ritz Carlton, but often in our own minds, we feel more like a Motel 6. And and you know, kind of like what you just said when, when you're hearing some of these stories uh, of of what girls are going through um it really does kind of put things in in perspective a little bit a, as far as like you said i can keep going through this this mile or i can keep going through this you know this busy period at work this this project that has to be done whatever it might be um it just kind of reminds you and and the reason i, I brought it back to that motel six comparison is that it's just like sometimes it, we it's it's easy to get you know to look down on, on our situation and what and was me, but uh, mm-hmm. a little bit of perspective goes a long way sometimes and helping, um, you know, no matter what it is and, and not trying to, to say that anybody's struggles aren't real because they all are. But, um, you know, it's just, it's just a good reminder that, Hey, you know what? Like they can do this. I can do this, whatever, whatever, however tough it might be. Like, we, we can, we can do this. We, we have the strength if we're just willing to, to, to do what it takes sometimes. So, uh, great, great. Yeah. Sometimes
0: just getting out of the victim mode, you know, and like Mm you said, I mean, a work related situation or whatever. I mean, you can very easily be like, Oh my God, my life sucks.
2: You know, (laughs) it's like,
0: no, your life really doesn't suck. This is just a sucky situation Mm -hmm. and this is how you're going to be resilient and move forward. Yeah. So, So it's just a good reminder. Like you said, I agree. But thank you. That's really, really nice that you that you liked it. Yeah, makes no, me feel
1: good. I, I, I definitely do. It's, it's one of those, as, as I've gone through reading it, uh, I have a, a four year old daughter and it's like, oh, you know, someday she can she can get to reading this book. But uh, yeah, like you said, yeah. it's probably probably not quite I, I mean, at four, definitely not quite. But uh, it's probably something that is still another another 10, 12 years away. But uh, definitely uh, uh, looking forward to, to letting if she you know, if she wants to, of course. But if she wants to read it, I think it's, it's a great book for for youth in that in that age range, for sure.
0: Yeah, it's empowering. That's for sure. But there, yeah, there is some reference to sex and there's a couple of F-bombs in there. So, you know, (laughs) just a a heads up for the audience.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So uh, definitely, uh, once again, guys, we would recommend the book Girls with Soul, uh, a girl power guide to unleashing your inner superhero and available um, definitely on an Amazon new year. And uh, is it in other other book places, too? Is it Barnes and Noble, anything like that? Or mostly just on Amazon, the best place?
0: Um it's uh it's at Barnes and Noble and okay. Amazon.
1: Awesome, awesome. So definitely you guys can check that out. Um and, and Liz, as we as we're wrapping up, uh I, I love to uh to close the conversation with what I call Uh, a philosophical question, which, um, can Uh, can sound a little bit scary, scary, but don't worry. It's, it's basically just a lot like the introductory question, meaning that it's something that's, that's open-ended, um, but, but definitely allows, uh, you to just kind of take it and run with it. You can, you can keep it short answer, go, go long answer, uh, go somewhere in the middle, whatever, uh, um, works best for you. But, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to jump off of my normal kind of list of three or four questions that I choose from and, and, and go back to the book again. Um, something that, uh, that really caught my eye that, um, You even basically say that that a lot of runners would would think that this statement is ridiculous, but um, I I totally can get where you're coming from and and, uh, would maybe just love uh, you to to flesh this out just a little bit more. But you said um, sometimes it's my slowest races that I'm most proud of. And, And, you know, kind of as we talked about earlier, so many runners. Um, and I'm guilty of this too. I, I'm not going to just throw everybody else under the bus and, and be holier than that, but, um, can get so caught up in, in our paces and our times. And, you know, if I'm, if I haven't broken, you know, four hours or three hours or, uh, you know, an hour and a half, in the half marathon or whatever it is, if I, if I haven't done X, you know, I'm not a quote unquote real runner. I'm not a good runner. Or what, I'm not a serious runner, whatever, whatever the, those definitions might be. Um, and so I'd just be, be curious. Um, to just kind of, you know, kind of wrap it up with, with this idea that, that a slow race, is something that you're most proud of. Um, what, what is there an example? Is there an example that you can, you can give us of a race where, you know, it wasn't the fastest, but boy, it sure stands out to you for, for whatever reason it might be. And maybe what is that reason that you're more proud of, of a slower event or, or whatever the case might be that, that kind of inspired that, that little bit of the book right there?
0: Um, oh gosh. Um, yeah. Well, I've had a quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Now, especially if it's, you know, back to back weekends or days of marathon Mm -hmm. running. But I I truly believe I know, like I and I am. Believe me, when I I fall under that category as well, that sometimes I am like, oh, I should have ran that faster. Mm -hmm. I could have done better or whatever. But I am truly most proud of my slowest ones because they're the hardest fought. Mm -hmm. Um, You really had to push, you know, what the mental toughness had to come out. And if it's, you know, when you feel good and everything comes together in a race, it's magical. It's like the best. I mean, of course, it still kind of hurts, but there's that (laughs) level of like it doesn't hurt like bad. Mm -hmm. It just you're like everything just is like magic. Those are awesome. But you didn't have to fight for it. So um, I think what it goes back to is. One race, I, I was probably my my last. I I don't, don't want to say it's my last because I, would, you know, probably do another mm-hmm. one at some point. But the last Ironman I did it was Ironman Texas, and it was Ironman Texas uh, uh, five years ago already. I think four or five years ago, and it was um, in Houston area, the Woodlands in May. So freaking hot, just just <laughs> horribly hot. And I like the heat. I'm not one to say that I don't do well in heat mm. and whatever. But it was that humidity level where we were walking to the race start, and I was already sweating buckets, like, mm-hmm. I, you know, just awful. And there's different cutoff times for each, you know, leg of the race. And I was literally on the People were bonking on the bike. Usually you see people at that level never bonking on the bike. Right. They'll bonk on the run or whatever and you know, drop out or whatever. But I saw people bonking on the bike and I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the run and I'm walking and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to make not get yanked off the race course. And you just have to go through all of those things in your mind of what's you know, motivating you, what's pushing you, how can I be strong, how can I be mentally tough, how can I be resilient, how can I even just get to the next fucking water stop, mm-hmm. that kind of race. So I, I finished in my slowest Ironman time. My best time, I think, is 12 hours and 27 minutes, and that one was like 15 hours mm-hmm. and something, and the cutoff is usually 17 hours. But I was so proud of it because there were so many times where I was like, I could have quit. I could have just been like, fuck this. This is Mm -hmm. not my day or whatever. But I fought it and I fought all of those mental demons, you know, and I think that because you get to do that on a race course, it helps you in life and then vice versa. The shit that I've been through in my life, I can use when I'm out there and it makes me so proud that like none of this stuff has taken me down and I I keep moving forward no matter what. And I think that's what it boils down to. If you can keep moving forward in life and on the race course, that's where the magic is. And I think that it's better if you're slow and you made it than you just sailed through it and it was
1: easy breezy. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally agree. And as as uh, is typically the case, that's a great place to wrap things up with uh, with me trying to stay out of the way and not, not ruin that final thought for everybody else. So uh, I'll just leave it with this, guys. Once again, girlswithsoul.org is the website if you want to find out more about what Liz is doing. Uh, maybe donate to the cause, grab yourself a copy of the book, all of those things. And, and again, at Girls With Soul on the uh on all social medias is is the place to find her and again that's soul s-o-l-e girls with soul uh disruns.com slash 669 is the link to find everything show notes links to the book um links to connect with liz all that good stuff will be there as well so liz thanks for uh for taking the time today thanks for uh what everybody doesn't know yet but i'm gonna let that cat out of the bag is it just took a little while to get the uh the tech gremlins situated and taken (laughs) care of but by God, we, we pushed through and made it happen. And uh, I, I think it was very well worth it, right? You know, it wasn't the easiest, but definitely well worth it. So uh, thanks for for everything. Thanks for the time. And uh certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. And if there's anything we can do to help support the cause, please let us know. We'll be happy to do so. So thanks for the time and, and nothing but the best.
0: Thank you, Danny. Thanks for having
1: me. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope that you enjoyed the conversation between Liz and myself. And as Per usual, might be a new year, but not a whole lot is changing around here. Uh, I'm still always curious to find out what stands out to you. What was what was your takeaway from today's episode? What was something that we talked about that uh, that really resonated with you and where you are with your life at this moment? For me, it was it was from earlier in the conversation, although we kind of came back to it a couple different times at various points. Uh, but it's the idea of of not being a professional, not taking yourself too seriously uh i know we we all um have our our own goals whatever those goals might be and, and those goals are are serious i'm you know my my running goals my boston goals my my 50 state goals um some other goals that uh haven't exactly made public yet but uh you know some things that i have that i'm i'm chasing down as well those goals are important to me just like your goals are important to you and and you know there's no reason in my opinion at least to set a goal if you're not serious about attaining it that said any of our running-related goals, we need to, to you know take them seriously. You know, do what it takes to be successful, but always remember that this is something that should be fun. That you know, pushing ourselves towards getting faster or running farther or whatever it is, staying healthy, uh, becoming more well-rounded, uh, w- whatever it is as a, as a running goal that you might have for this year or at any time of of your life, the number one priority still needs to be that running needs to be fun. Because if you get to that point where you're taking it too seriously and, and you're not a professional, you know you're not you're not running for uh, for a living like we talked about with Liz. It's not it's not what you're using to put bread on the table. Um, this needs to be fun, and so uh, just just something to remember when when you're chasing your goals and and a train cuts you off or um, you know there whatever reason your training doesn't go according to plan. Life happens. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be a little bit upset. But just just have that that ounce of perspective that hey, you know what like this is, this is still fun. This is, you know, right now it might, it uh, might be a, a kind of a sucky situation, but at the end of the day, this is, this is something that we're doing that I'm doing for fun. And hopefully it's something that you're doing for fun as well, that you enjoy it. Because if you're not enjoying this, there's a whole lot of other ways to spend your, your, your leisure time, uh, than doing something you don't enjoy. So, you know, not that I'm trying to kick anybody out of the, of team runner, but for goodness sake, uh, Always make sure it's fun while you're chasing your goals, while you're doing those repeats, while you're, while you're doing your, your cross training, your, your strength training, your little things. It's fun. It's fun. There's a, there, the, the, we do this for joy is, is, uh, you know, what we all need to remember. Sometimes easier to remember than others, of course, but, uh, definitely just something that that really stood out to me of, of not taking it too, take it seriously, but not take it too seriously. Uh, from from Liz's story today and and that story about getting stuck by the train, which uh, boy, like I said, I would be frustrated, but at the end of the day like it's not worth being too pissed off about. Uh, because there's nothing you can do, right? It's just like when it's hot or when it's cold or when it's whatever. Nothing you can do. So just uh, you know, try to try to keep your cool and then move on and do the best you can going forward. So, anyway, that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from this episode? Let me know on Twitter, on Instagram at DizRuns. You can shoot me a message, leave me a comment, whatever the case might be. You can head over to uh, the show notes for this episode, DizRuns.com/slash-six-six-nine, and leave a comment there. And uh, well, through myself for a little loop, got out of order. You can also shoot me an email, of course, at disruns at gmail.com with your thoughts and your feedbacks and your takeaways. And all those things are always appreciated. Um, and that is where we're going to pretty much put this thing uh, on ice for today. Um, don't forget, if you want some some coaching help, you feel like you need some coaching help, you just want to ask a question, disruns.com slash coaching has uh, all the, the avenues to do so all the options that are available uh if you have any questions you can let me know or reach out and, and ask some others that, that, that i work with hashtag is and they will give you their their truth their impression of working with me and maybe that'll help you decide whether whether we're a good fit or not and if not no worries keep listening to the show hopefully keep learning a few things and find a coach that's right for you if you think working with a coach would help you uh, so anyway, until next time, this is where we will wrap things up for today. Officially now, uh, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this one. Hope you had a, a safe start to the new year and uh, that, that 2019 will be the best year yet for your running, you know, as it relates to your running, your life and everything in between, of course. Uh, and until next time, be well. Take care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Take care, guys.